Hello and welcome. Legally Brief presents the Child Athlete Abuse Podcast. I'm your host, Judy Saunders. I'm a lawyer, mother, and survivor. I work with competitive athletes and their families who are confronting abusive coaches. This podcast is for parents and athletes who are fed up, dealing with fear, and in search of answers. Today on the show, we're going to discuss how it is that parents and athletes can find themselves in difficult circumstances because a coach has violated trust and engaging in abusive practices. We'll discuss three common myths around athlete abuse, such myths as this coach, this abusive coach is the best or only way to achieve my goals. The myth of, well, I never told, I never talked about the abuse. I won't be believed. And also another myth, my athletic career will be over if I tell. I'll never play again. Those are the myths that we're going to discuss on today's show. Past episodes of the podcast can be found on my website, jsaunderslawfirm.com. There, you'll also find information useful to parents and athletes confronting abuse. If you like what you hear on this show, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button and then rate and review. I'm excited for us to tackle these myths, to discuss them. Let's talk. Roxy was a member of the USA cycling team. And that name that I'll be using throughout the show is not a real name, but the story is real. The story is taken from a USA cycling member who posted an article about I was sexually assaulted by my coach. I'll link to that article in the show notes and it's taken from November 12th of 2019. Roxy was manipulated and sexually assaulted by her coach. She reported the abuse to the United States Center for Safe Sport. The coach was suspended for only two years. Ultimately, the coach appealed that suspension and was taken off, had the suspension removed. However, Roxy remains traumatized long after the incident. She had very strong beliefs, three very strong beliefs about the abuse that was endured. First, Roxy was convinced that her path to accomplishing athletic success was with the help and endorsement of this coach. Roxy stated, with his help, I had become a national champion twice. Secondly, Roxy believed that she had in some way permitted, allowed, or contributed to the coach's abusive conduct. She, Roxy states that I felt responsible for what had happened, even though he encouraged it. Even after I was assaulted, I still cared about him and I didn't want to hurt him. The third belief that Roxy expressed was there was discussion about Roxy's fear of backlash from teammates and retaliation from the coach. In her own words, she states, I was afraid my coach would try to hurt my career if I reported the assault. Like most sports, the cycling community is a small, close-knit group of determined individuals bonded together through their accomplishments, through the lows and the highs of the athletic struggle. It's a community where all individuals, they're moving forward toward us one unifying goal, to defeat an opponent, to win a championship, and to achieve their own personal 
victories. The struggle bonds them together. It's that common enemy, so to speak, that common adversary that can inspire someone, inspire an athlete. And there's also the celebration around a victory that's also bonding. Scientific studies have long shown that humans thrive on community. We thrive on belonging. Sports can provide that community. It offers friendship and deep connection. If you think about it, not only is the athlete involved in the community, but parents, their siblings, and strangers, their fans, also become a part of the athlete's community or world. For a player contemplating disclosing, telling about the abuse, they have to weigh that community, weigh what they will lose, and weigh the retaliation after they speak out. Ciara McCormick was a Canadian professional soccer player. She was really instrumental on reporting the abuse of the national team coach, Bob Barada. Miss McCormick commented in blog posts and in articles about how the athletes at that time, her teammates, she and her teammates, They existed in their soccer community, but it also acted like a bubble. And that bubble distorted a wider reality. That bubble can lead parents and athletes to believe that a coach who's abusive and even the governing bodies that mismanage reports of the abuse or fail to act, that those two entities, the coach and the governing bodies, that they possess the power and that they hold the option for the athlete progressing in the sport that they love. Let's discuss myth versus facts. It's said that the whole world can seem still and dark, every corner, everywhere, until you wake up and go outside. If you've been told by an abusive coach, maybe your teammates, the coaching staff, which can include doctors, trainers, and even from time to time, a well-meaning relative, a parent, they could say this type of myth to you. Look, this coach is the best. They're an expert. They train Olympians. They train college D1 athletes. This coach is going to get you to the next level. You can do this. Just hold on. Here's the fact. The next level of growth involves the whole total person. You can't sever your emotional, psychological, or physical safety for the advancement of an athletic career or achievement. Your whole being has to advance to the next level if you really want to achieve a lasting, sustainable growth and fulfilling life. So if your coach is abusing you, that will never take you to the real next level. Here's the second myth you may hear. I never said no And this could be a myth that you're telling yourself. You could say, I never told anyone. It wasn't like I was forced. I was there. That's a myth. Here's the fact. There's a power dynamic inherent in the coach-athlete relationship. That power is rooted deeply in trust. That power is only kept balanced. It only stays balanced and aligned in the hands of a trained coach. A trained coach is conscious. They're informed. And they understand this power and they really guard the boundaries, boundaries that allow for respect of themselves and respect of the athlete. A trained coach doesn't use criticism as a weapon and they don't use praise as a currency that they give out only when they think 
It's necessary. A trained coach is able to separate an athlete's mistakes and not personalize them. And most importantly, a trained coach is also a student of the sport and is aware and empathetic to a child or an athlete of any ages, their physical growth and also their mental development. You know, when you think about the direct contrast or the opposite of what a trained coach looks like, let me try to give you a picture of what an abusive coach would look like. And that's an individual that is unconscious to themselves and their actions. A reckless and intentional wrongdoer will exploit the coach-athlete relationship. And they'll begin a process that many of you may have been familiar with, the name anyway, it's grooming. Grooming is a course of conduct where the coach will use physical and also verbal and nonverbal expressions to inflict guilt and shame on the athlete. Grooming puts doubt for your own self, for your inner voice. It places it within the athlete. You have doubt. Grooming, when it's perfected, it's an art and it can look like gaslighting of not only the athlete, but also the parents and maybe even an entire sporting community that the athlete and the family is a part of. Because grooming is a slow and steady process, athletes and parents may come away believing after they learn of the abuse, they may say, I should have known, I should have been aware, I should have seen it coming and prevented it. This is a myth that is not true. And it's not true because when you trust your coach, when you believe your coach, when you know and you have been told that this coach is a high level competitive coach, because that's the type of athlete, the type of sport that we're talking about, then that coach presents themselves to be an expert, a resource for you, the parent, and for the athlete, and also a friend. And then when that coach violates that trust, that person is not allowed to claim that you, the athlete or parent, contributed or were a part of that violation. Here's the third myth around athlete abuse. My career will be over if I tell. I'll never play again. Fact. It's estimated that there are over 50,000 coaches and over 17,000 of those coaches are here in the United States. Ciara McCormick, who I mentioned before, the Canadian women's soccer player, described playing and existing in pure stress when she was under her coach. She and her teammates suffered for years because she believed that if she reported this abuse, she would commit career suicide. But it wasn't until Ms. McCormick spoke out and left that team that she was able to continue playing soccer and find happiness and a fulfilling soccer career. After joining another team, Ms. McCormick lamented about staying so long in that toxic and abusive relationship. Outside of the bubble, outside of the closed community of a sport lies real options. When you're in a, an abusive relationship with your coach, when it's toxic, when you don't understand what to do, you have to consider these myths that are being told to you or you're telling yourself and understand that there are options outside of the bubble that you're currently in. 
you already know instinctly as a high level athlete that you have the ability to push your body and your mind. You know through the beauty of sport that there are options, that there's another side. When most of us, when the average person would stop at, I don't know, 10 reps, at five miles, at, you know, an eight minute mile, you've pushed on, you've pushed back past that. You've seen the other side. And that other side is the same thing as what we're talking about, other options. On the other side of the abuse, on the other side of the bubble, there's real options. Your options can be put into an action plan so you can move forward. When you have an action plan, you'll understand the law and you'll know what to expect after you report abuse. I want you to do these next steps. Surround yourself first with trusted confidence, trusted people who offer validation and quiet listening. The second step I want you to take is start now creating a new community. And that community can consist of supportive professionals. It can be an integrative wellness practitioners who look holistically at the body and how to treat the mind. Look at therapists, psychologists, look at a trusted counselor, an attorney. The third step I want you to take is to stop or curtail your interaction on social media. Because when you seek support or understanding of your situation or any alliances through social media, it can be futile. And it can also harm any later decisions that you take if you decide that you want to take further legal action against a coach. So those are steps you can do now. You can take those three steps and then you can also visit my website. I've put information there for you. There's other resources that you can read that will inform you and help you see that there is options for you to take. That website, I will, of course, put it in the show notes. It's jsaunderslawfirm.com. I've also put flashcards on there that you can print out and take with you, cut out their pocket size, their reminders, so you'll know what to do when you're hearing these myths, either you're telling them to yourself or someone else is repeating them to you. The goal on this show and every episode, and it's my hope that I can make it easy for you to understand the law and to take a next step to move forward. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for spending this time with me. And until next time, take care. All information and content in this podcast is provided for entertainment purposes only. Nothing in this podcast shall constitute legal advice and shall not create an attorney-client relationship. This information is general and may not be applicable to your particular circumstances. You should review your particular circumstances with an attorney. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast is hereby expressly disclaimed.